Welcome to the AJHP podcast series. The American Journal of Health System Pharmacy is the official journal of the American Society of Health System Pharmacists, an association of pharmacists committed to helping patients make the best use of medications. For more information about AJHP, please visit www.ajhp.org. Hello, this is William Zelmer. I'm a contributing editor of the American Journal of Health System Pharmacy, and I'm speaking with the author of an important uh, paper in the journal on a systematic review of U.S. pharmacists' effects on economic health outcomes. The primary author of this paper is Marie Chisholm Burns, who is professor and head of the Department of Pharmacy Practice and Science at the University of Arizona College of Pharmacy. She also holds appointments in the Department of Surgery and at the School of Public Health and is the founder and executive director of medication ex- of the Medication Access Program at the University of Arizona. Welcome, Marie. Well, thank you, Bill. I'm just glad to uh, be here and is glad to be a part of this interview session. The topic of your paper certainly seems like a particularly important one at this time when policymakers are very concerned about the economic sustainability of the way healthcare is delivered in the United States. Uh, what can you say about the importance of uh, your topic? You know, just comment on that a bit from your perspective. I agree with you uh, totally that pharmacists can help fill the gap in the healthcare provision, especially as it pertains to direct patient care. Uh, as you know, uh, and, and I, I think as a pharmacist, we know this uh, very well, but we need to get the message out to, to others that we are especially trained to recommend and in some cases prescribe under certain uh, conditions and, and, and certain policies, as well as monitor medication therapy to achieve desired uh, clinical outcomes. Moreover, I think when you think about the pharmacist, you think about where the pharmacist is positioned. And in most uh, often the cases, the pharmacist is positioned at the point of medication dispensing, whether it's in the community pharmacy, I use that as an example, or at the point of care, whether you're in a clinic or in other inpatient as well as outpatient care settings. Because of that accessibility combined with medication knowledge and the fact that more and more individuals are on medications, I think that really positions the pharmacist to have great opportunities to improve patient care. And I think that's what we need to do more of, and I hope that's the direction that we're going with the policies that are being talked about in uh, Congress and at the national level is putting the patient or the individual up front and focusing on the patient and focusing really on improving health care in the United States. And I think the pharmacists, and there's evidence out there that supports the pharmacists, really has a role on uh, interdisciplinary teams to do that. Marie, let's turn specifically to your paper, which again uh, is a systematic review of the effects of U.S. pharmacists on economic health outcomes. Could you explain what criteria did you use for including studies in your analysis and how many published studies did you find that met those criteria? Sure. Uh, first of all, the methods that we uh, used in a systematic review were based on the Cochrane Handbook. And I won't get into the details of the Cochrane Handbook, but it's uh, very well recognized as good methodology for doing systematic uh, reviews. Our team uh, had many different disciplines, and we had a, a great group of librarians that helped with our systematic review. And they were actually, after we provided, the team provided them with search terms, they identified over 56 
2,000 articles that looked at direct patient care and pharmacist involvement. And of course, those 56,000 articles really uh, not triage very, very quickly when we pulled out things that didn't meet uh, study criteria. And the four areas that we're specifically looking for that were inclusion criteria is that we had to have evidence of pharmacist involvement in direct patient care. And that's critical. We're talking about direct patient care. And we had to be able to discern what the pharmacist, the contributions that the pharmacist uh, provided. The second criteria is that the study had to be interventional or analytical in nature. The third criteria included that they had to have a comparison group. And that's very, very uh, important. So it had to be compared to traditional care or some type of other comparison group. And the fourth criteria is that it had to report economic outcomes. So we based it on published studies, and these were U.S.-based studies. And this is unlike uh, many other uh, systematic reviews that did this. And the reason why we focused on U.S. studies is that we didn't believe that it was appropriate to bring in foreign studies due to the potential confounding factors involved in divergent healthcare systems on economic outcomes. So we had to pull out uh, foreign articles, meaning abstracts, case studies, letters, and things of that nature that quickly uh, got us down to the 126 studies that was actually analyzed and included in a systematic review. Okay, so 126 studies uh, were subjected to your review. And as I understand it, uh, in that group, you found 20 studies that demonstrated favorable economic results. Is that right? This is beyond doubt that these were favorable economic results based on the studies and the information that they had within the studies. Now, I have to be fair and mention that about 53 of these studies had what we call mixed results, which might mean that they have favorable results on one measure, for example, maybe reducing drug costs, and maybe no effects on another measure, like maybe decreasing hospital length of stay. So to be fair, I need to mention that, but across the board, favorable and defendable favorable, I should say, is a solid 16% of the studies. But when you combine that 16% with the uh, 42%, most of the studies had had a favorable impact that we looked at. Looking at the 20 studies, these 20 studies really shared uh, a couple of things in common. All of these studies were published in 1990 or later. The vast majority of the studies looked at interventions where the pharmacists utilized technical techniques, whether it was medication adjustments or looking at medication-related problems and solving these problems, educational techniques, as well as multimodal approaches. Most of the studies that we looked at were in the community, but we had a large portion that were inpatient studies as well. And the ones that were inpatient really focused on a particular treatment, whether it was aminoglycoside monitoring services, while the ambulatory setting focused more on disease states, so medication management, uh, if you will. So that was the basic take-home message in a nutshell of the studies that really the favorable side. I see. Marie, you know, thinking of your study here from a health policymaker's perspective, how persuasive do you think the existing literature is with respect to supporting pharmacist payment for direct patient care activities? Bill, that's a complicated question to answer, and that's because of the complexity around the issues surrounding the last part of that question, which is payment. And I know you know this, and I know that most people know this. You just have to watch one congressional hearing and get this take-home message. 
And that's the reality of most issues, especially issues concerning payment, is one really that involves a lot of politics as much as one of, of value. So looking at limited resources and competing interests, I think it's difficult to obtain that solely from today's literature. Uh, the devil is really in, in the details here. Like, for example, what is the reimbursement model? What does it look like? Uh, how's the care delivered? How's quality measured? Those are all things that uh, need to still be addressed to answer this question, looking at studies that look at willingness of pay. Now, if you ask the question, do I believe, and I think that's really the first question that you ask, do I believe that pharmacists can play a significant role in improving health care? Yes, I do. Uh, I think we need to take it a little bit further and look at effective models. Overhauling the healthcare system and reimbursement is something that has to happen so we can look at this and look at willingness to pay. Marie, given the state of the existing literature, do you have any advice for pharmacy foundations and others who support research on the outcomes of pharmacists provided direct patient care? In particular, how would you advise them to target the funds they commit to such studies? That's a great question. And I do believe that future studies should examine pharmacist effects, not only on the economic benefits, but as well as the clinical outcomes and more significant outcomes. A lot of times we use surrogate markers, and that's great, like a surrogate marker of blood pressure. But if we could get to the event that it might reduce is something that we should go after. So we're looking at more, I would say, longer studies, so more longitudinal studies, more continuity of care studies, and not such a silo uh, approach where we might take a study just looking at drug therapy costs or something like that. Now, of course, those studies are more expensive fun because they are longer, more comprehensive studies. In terms of economics, I think we need to look at this better methodology in terms of setting up the study, make sure we capture a more comprehensive model of measuring cost utilization, certainly measure the intervention cost, and evaluate the benefits from multiple perspectives. Of course, the payer is an important perspective. Some will even argue that society might even be a more important perspective to look at. We certainly have to look at willingness to pay when we look at uh, economic studies. What I would like to see is healthcare models that are very interdisciplinary models that have pay structures that are associated with quality outcomes and how that works uh, instead of this more silo approach. Again, going back to the first question that you asked earlier, is that it's all about improving health in the United States. And we only do that through continuity, only do that through uh, looking at preventive models and looking at a patient holistically rather than a silo approach that sometimes we have used because it's a measure of convenience. So that's where I would like to see research go more in the intervention arena surrounding models of excellence. This is William Zelmer, AJHP Contributing Editor, and I've been speaking with Marie Chisholm Burns. Dr. Burns is with the University of Arizona College of Pharmacy, and she has an important paper in AJHP on a systematic review of U.S. pharmacist effects on economic health outcomes. That concludes this podcast. For more information, please visit www.ajhp.org.